everyone. Uncle Marv here with another episode of the IT Business Podcast. This is our second live show of 2023. I think that this year is going to be fantastic. Last year was great for me. I hope it was good for you. And we're going to find out if it was good for our guest tonight, Lisa Shore. With Shore Success is on, and we're going to talk about all things that you need to do for your MSP to put your best foot forward, your best image forward in 2023. We're also going to talk about some other tech news. Uh, there are some announcements that are happening in the channel. So we are going to talk about all of that stuff. But first, let you know that this is the IT Business Podcast. It is presented to you by NetAlly. NetAlly is your number one ally for networking support in the channel. They have a whole slew of handheld networking tools that will help you design, diagnose, troubleshoot, do just about anything that you need to do with wired and Wi-Fi networks, better, smarter, and faster, the big tagline of the show. Tonight's live broadcast is brought to you by Computers Done Right. They are a managed service provider in Southwest Florida. They are on the other coast of Florida. And not only do they do that, they also can help you with marketing and websites and a whole bunch of other stuff. So reach out to our sponsors, NetAlly and Computers Done Right. And that takes care of our money part of the show. Let me go ahead and bring my guest on, and then we'll get into some new stuff here. And you've seen her before. Well, you heard her, I should say, on episode 451, uh, Why Do Our Clients Hire Us? And she is Lisa Shore from Shore Success. Lisa, how are you? Hey there. I'm so excited to be back. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks for coming back. A lot of times, you know, people are like, eh, maybe, maybe not. But thank you for coming back on the show. My pleasure. So let me go ahead and ask, how's 2023 started for you? It's great. I have a brand new, well, sure, success-wise, I have a brand new six-month client that I just signed on. Oh. I've had some great meetings. I had a great prospect meeting today that asked for a proposal. So that's amazing. I'm going to be speaking at Channel Pro, their SMB forum coming up. So they've asked me, I'm going to be doing three of their four SMB forums so I should say it's really shaping up, and I'm with you. Yeah, here we I go. Definitely hey. discount that. It's potty time. It's you. potty time. Woo, so woo. we missed <laughs> we missed out on that uh, IT Nation show. I was supposed to head up there with you, but I yeah. I had a project that came up and, and couldn't do that. So we'll have to find some way to get together again later this year. Although I'm not sure if I ever fly or drive through Rhode Island. Hmm. Come in the summertime. You, you know, you're in Florida. You do not need to be. I mean, Rhode Island and New England is lovely, but it's cold right now. It's in the 30s. It's cold here there's right no now. Need. There's no need. It was well, 50. Florida de- cold is what, 60? <laughs> it, was, it was 50 degrees when I woke up this morning. Oh, that is chilly. That's chilly. Okay, I'll give you a little <laughs> bit of sympathy, but not a lot. And <laughs> here's the kicker. So this weekend, Saturday night, it's going to get down to 45 degrees. That's crazy. That's not normal. It's crazy. Yeah. But that means if you're 45, then that means we're going to be zero. So come in the summertime. New England is beautiful. Narragansett, Rhode Island is a beach town that is absolutely stunning. The ocean, the sand is fabulous. So 
Now, I, maybe I shouldn't be in IT. Maybe I should just be a travel agent. I was going to say, so. why don't you start putting up the uh, next ad for your chamber of commerce there? <laughs> <laughs> you, too, can be a travel agent. That's so, right. yeah. So, no, but it's beautiful. So come in the summer. All right. Let we'll me know do that. We will do that. Well, let me ask you this, because not only do you do short success, but you're also part of a managed service company. Uh, secure future. Let me make sure I get this right. Secure future tech, right? Yep. Secure future tech solutions. It is a long name. Do your clients mess that up? They did. Actually they did. So we did when we rebranded. So secure future tech is this year as of July, well in July will be 31 years old. Our, mm. our MSP, my husband, Eric founded the business and he met me. We were a blind date six years into him growing Secure Future Tech. But at the time, we were PC troubleshooters. and and But it, it was fine for a while because if you remember back in the day, that's pretty much all we did as IT providers. Well, back then, yeah. Right? It was like, you know, very basic networks. We fixed PCs. So the name was great. Yep. Then when managed services came along, well, we had to do some work <laughs> and change it. All right. So, yeah. Well, I wrote down a quick thing to get back to that blind date, but uh, let's, uh, let's do some news real quick. I don't know if you saw these stories. I just picked them up today. Uh, Microsoft 365 Basic is going to offer 100 gigs of storage and more perks. And apparently this is now set to launch later in January. And Microsoft is going to be rolling out this new, less expensive subscription option. And it is going to include the productivity apps, 100 gigs of cloud storage, ad-free, and secure mail with Outlook and access to support experts for help uh, with 365 and Windows 11. So this new Microsoft 365 Basic is scheduled to become available January 30th at a cost of $2 a month or $20 for an annual subscription. So sounds pretty interesting. Did you, did you read that yeah, news today? I didn't see the story yet, but I can guarantee you I'll look for it all and right. have a conversation with my team. But I'm wondering, does that impact all the stuff we went through, the NCE <laughs> nightmare we went through this year? Does that, <laughs> do they talk about that? Like, does no. that of so course I, don't, I can't really comment yet on this news, because I'm. but now I'm curious, and I'm curious to see if all the work that we've done with the NCE, if does it impact it? Does it say anything about that? It says nothing about NCE, which, of course, Microsoft is probably like, eh, what do we care? You're going to pay it. So now, oh how much 365 uh, is your company selling? Oh, almost exclusive. Okay. Yeah, so much of it. So, yeah, it's one of our primary products. So, And did yeah. you did you delay the migration of some clients to NCE that ended up getting migrated automatically in December? No, no, no. We, when the whole process rolled out and they gave us a deadline date, we took action immediately. Okay. So we had to make phone calls to clients, give them the option. Do you want the subscription? Do you want? No, we took action. It was so much work. Yes. And so, no, we, yeah, we were very proactive. I have thankfully staff in place that really took the bull by the horns and was able to get the job done. But 
it was a nightmare to make phone calls and and make shifts, you know, changes and shifts on the back end. And it was, it was fun. We didn't wait. We did it right away. So I gave my customers the option and some of them we rolled out and migrated Mm -hmm. early. Others we did later. And some, they were like, whatever happens, happens. So I just, I said, fine, I'll just leave you as you are. And then magically you'll switch. And as long as you pay, I'm not going to worry about it. Now I actually have a hybrid model when it comes to 365, about 50% of my clients I'm reselling as a CSP. And then the other half, I'm a reseller through app river. So app river takes care of all the billing for those clients. Are you guys selling 365? Yeah, yeah, we're it. Yeah. All right. We're hundred percent. We, we manage the whole process. We buy licenses through Ingram and then we do all the management, the deployment, all of, yeah. So Ingram, you know what? I'll save that rant for another day. <laughs> I just had a, cause I, I get 365 licenses through them. We're going to migrate those over to 365, but I have a Adobe license issue with them that we'll talk about it at a later date. Hmm. Now, here's another story that came out today. The PC market collapsed during the fourth quarter of 2022. Hmm. Now, I'm going to see if you can guess this. It was reported that PC units fell by blank percent. Hmm. Care to guess what that number is? I have no idea whatsoever. I'll just throw a number out there just for the sake of it. I'll say 40%. Wow, that's a huge number, but it wasn't quite that bad. Oh, good. It was 28.1%. And that, uh, let's see, Gartner says that uh, that was the largest drop ever from one quarter to the next. And that was since they started covering PCs in the mid-90s. And they blamed a perfect storm of pandemic-related issues, the anticipation of a global recession, increased inflation, and higher interest rates have had a major impact on PC demand. Now, I don't know if I believe that 100%. I do believe it to some degree. I think there are so many options for devices. Our clients are all over the place with devices. And they don't want to be beholden to a PC anymore. They don't want to be... So they're getting data. I mean, on my desk alone, I've got an iPad, a laptop, my phone. Like I can get data wherever I want now. Like, yeah. So I'm thinking that's. I definitely think that there is a cost, and 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 in, in an economic result to that. You know, thinking about what's going on in our economy and all that. But I also just think that it's uh, the shift of where we're seeing things. We're cloud based. We're where, you know, mobile, whatever, mobile friendly, everything friendly. Yep. And uh, with the, with the, with the movement of everything to the cloud that you can do from a tablet, my medical office. (laughs) So we just had a conversation on Monday because there's only 30 of them in the office, but they have a hundred devices connected to their Wi-Fi. I'm not surprised. And, you know, there's a a big chunk of them, almost 50 of them are iPads along with their other devices. And then they have the guest network. They've got uh, the medical advertising boards that, I mean, but, you know, but yeah, mostly what they're doing is going to the iPads. Yeah, right. Every doctor visit, whether it's my eye doctor or whatever, 
I, they always have, they have the new docking station, the mobile little yep. station there, and they put their iPad right on it or a laptop or whatever it is, Surface, whatever they're using, yep. and it's all done right there. So yeah. I'm not surprised. I'm so not that'll surprised. be interesting. Uh, I'm going to save this, and our good friend Jay McBain from Canalis is going to be on the show later this month, so I'm going to ask him about that, although I'm going to drill him about his uh, little vacation he just took. Mm, I didn't yeah. realize it was, what was it, 15 days or wherever, so. It's amazing. It's nice. It's, amazing. it's wonderful. Yeah, you should definitely, maybe, again, travel, right? I'm telling everyone to come to New England. Didn't Jay and Michelle go to Europe, or where were they? Did they travel? Uh, yeah, they did a whole uh, yeah. European vacation right. thing yeah. in January. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, see there, you nice, can nice, add nice. a segment. IT folks, come travel, you know? You work so hard. You need to play too. Yep. <laughs> All right. So let's quickly do a, a real quick, quick recap. Now I did tell people you were on the show back on 451. Not that it was ages ago, but it's a few shows ago last year. <laughs> and so, uh, and the title was why do our clients hire us? Mm-hmm. And you explained, you know, the whole idea of understanding sympathy and empathy and, you know, the image of the MSP. So what do you think that a good thing to remember from that show is that people who haven't listened would need to know? My biggest takeaway, and this is really something that I'm str- I'm going to continue to hit home for 2023, is people buy based on feeling. The feeling. It's the feeling that we're going to protect them. It's the feeling that we're going to make them more productive. It's the feeling that you're going to understand my business's needs and goals, and you are the right fit for me. It's not necessarily the products and services. Now, I'm not at all discounting that. It's critical because products and services are certainly half of our really, you know, what makes us who we are, but what keeps clients what keeps them renewing contracts? What ref- makes them referral or raving fans, referral partners? It's because not just the owner of the company, but the entire team makes their clients feel that they are, hey, part of their team, that they have their interests in mind. So it's a feeling. It's that feeling of empathy, that you you understand their pain, that they have clients, you know, your clients have clients that are breathing down their neck and have issues. It's the, the emotion of, hey, let's talk about how do we handle these difficult conversations, the emotional intelligence side of things. And so when we are able to respond in a way that is empathetic and, and caring, a quick example is I was out to dinner tonight before this podcast and I said to the my server, I said, hey, you know, I just got here for dinner. I just want to let you know um, I have a podcast to record and I need to be home by 745. If that's OK with you, can you just keep that in mind and just keep coming over to us to provide us quick service versus just lingering tonight? And she was amazing. She met me where I was. She asked about the podcast. She and she was wonderful. And I explained, I told her the name of the podcast and everything. So, you know, <laughs> and, and she was wonderful. She was really 
She was right in line. And that's what our clients want. They want someone who is right in line. They're not expecting always to have the answer right away, but they want to feel that you are going to bat for them, that you are going to figure it out and, and meet them where they are. And so 2023, everybody, let's think about our clients hire us based on feeling. And there's ways that we can demonstrate that feeling, not just with our actions and you know closing tickets and all of that, but our tone of voice. My server kept coming over today and saying, is everything okay? Do you have what you need? Let me know when you want the check in a voice that showed me she got my urgency. She, and I wasn't mean or anything. I wasn't like, oh, I gotta get out of here. But I just said calmly, I'm like, you know, just to let you know, we're only gonna order the meal tonight, no desserts. So when we're done with the meal, if you could bring a check, that would be amazing. And the whole time she was so attentive. And, and so that's what we need to equate our service to our clients. It comes in the form of our voice. It comes in the form of our eye contact. It comes in the form of even dressing the part, looking looking um, clean cut and you know, like you care about the brand that you work for or own as well as being on premise at client sites and you care about their brand and showing up looking like you respect that too. So there's a lot of factors involved, but it's feeling. Yeah, That's my mission is. for 2023. All right. So before I talk about what my takeaway from that podcast was, I'm going to ask, this sounds like it's a place that you eat at on the regular? Yes. And mm-hmm. is this a server that has served you before? No. Nope. Oh, okay. Never met her. I've never met her. It's a local restaurant right in my town. Uh, I've never met her before. And she was amazing. She, I'm so thankful. I'm, right. I'm happy to be able to talk about her and talk. I don't even know her name. I didn't get her name. I should have. But I'm um, going to say if she's li- if she might listen just to see. Oh, is this lady for real? She'll recognize my face <laughs> for sure. So <laughs> now, something that you said about the way she was attentive to you because one of the things that when we eat out, and I'll just be honest, I don't eat out a lot. Uh, I'm not fancy. I'm not a foodie. But when we do eat out, I do pay attention to the way that the wait staff tends to us. And for a lot of them, a lot of, you know, they're just walking by. I know they're busy. I know they got to get stuff done. But if they walk by and they're like, how are things? And they're like halfway away from the table before they wait for the answer. That's a little annoying. Not genuine. So the fact that she would ask you, do you have everything you need? Yep. Don't hear that very often out of wait staff. No, no, absolutely. You know, so I just came back from one more story and then I know we can go on, but I just came back from a family wedding in Dallas, Texas last weekend and had a wonderful time with the family. The wedding was beautiful, all of that. Twice we went out to dinner because we, well, one went to breakfast once and then we went to dinner once with the family. And it was the strangest service at two very different restaurants that I've ever seen. First of all, they didn't even bring the meals at the same time. Like, it's okay if you bring, you know, half the table because the rest of the meals don't fit on the tray, but within a couple of minutes, the balance of the meals should be coming out at the same time. But my sister-in-law was literally almost done with her meal before mine was even delivered. 
And, and, and nobody said, I'm sorry. Nobody said, I'm so sorry. There's a delay in the kitchen. Your meal is coming. I'm aware of it. At least give us some expectation of what was happening. We had little kids that are, my little nephews were at the table. Some of the, well, two of them were like the last one oh. served. They should be the first one served. Yes. They were wondering where their meals were. They wanted their French fries, like, and they weren't even served. And it was this, both restaurants. And I was like, what is going on? It's strange. Mm. So, yeah, it's spotty. It's spotty. But we, we were losing touch, I feel like, with customer service and and really understanding, you know, I think Southwest might be, a, I haven't <laughs> read all about Southwest, but that certainly begs the case for all of us. IT folks out there, you know, you're not upgrading your IT. Look what happened. Well, so, okay. I'm, we're putting the outline aside. So I had a, <laughs> I had a conversation with a client today Yeah, where we talked about that. This is a client that they're frustrated because I'm telling them that we may drop them as a client because they're unwilling to upgrade. So we're coming up to where uh, 2012 server is going to be end of life this October. Okay. Still got time for that, but they still have a big chunk of windows seven machines. Oh yes. And then they're asking me to help them with their cyber security insurance. And I'm like, I can't, Nope. I cannot. You become a liability at that point. So the liability (laughs) then goes on your shoulders because you're the IT provider and when they get, we had a client just like that, Marvin, and, and, and it was, they got hacked. They had a whole bunch of Windows 7 servers, no matter how hard we worked to sell them new systems. Now, they got hacked. They decided to not pay the ransom and, and they just moved. They ended up now upgrading all of their computers and spending a huge chunk of money when they could have done it in increments over the years that we have been talking to them. Right. But they become, at that point, you don't need that liability on your shoulders. It's not fair to you. It's well, just not fair. That's what I told them, you know, because, and the reason is, is I'm, I'm there doing some stuff. It was minor stuff, nothing major. But I could hear, this is the business owner and another staff person talking, and they're just griping about Southwest and all of this stuff. And I'm like, okay, what if your clients were doing that about you? And they said, well, why would they? We give, I said, okay, but you've got half of these machines that they're not patched, they're not updated, and if they start to crash, and I said, when you guys can't work, how much do you call me bitching and moaning that you've got to be up and running? Right, right. And they're like, okay, I sort of get it. You can't sort of get it. You either get it or you don't. And when they get denied cyber insurance... Yeah. Maybe that will be the deciding factor because there's no way they're going to, they're either going to, if they even get a policy at all, if it's going to be so high because they don't have the protection in place, yeah. they don't have the security in place that they need to have. They have to have it. Yep. It's another podcast coming on that topic later as well. Cause well, that'll be a good, we one. just <laughs> had, we just had a scare with a renewal that was about to be denied. And the rates have gone up, folks. It is not going to be cheap. If this is the first time you or your clients are applying for cyber insurance, don't expect to pay what those of us that have had it have paid. It is going to be high. Thousands. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
Oh yeah. All right, you got me. Hang on, I need a, I need a <laughs> sip here. <laughs> yeah. This should be this should be an alcoholic beverage versus water in here, don't you? We, think? we have shows <laughs> like that. <laughs> I just didn't plan on it tonight. So one other thing that I wanted to say that I took away from that episode hmm. is you talked about the exit interview and the surveys that you guys do. Yeah. And so many times we, and I say we collectively, don't listen to why clients leave us. Mm. And I, now I don't have a ton of clients and I, everybody that has known me for a while, I'm a boutique managed service provider. I have 19 clients. I'm a solo tech. I do have five subcontractors. I don't have a full-time tech, although we're looking at getting one soon. And I do that for a reason because that's what I can manage myself. When I'm ready to grow, I will grow. Now, I've had techs in the past. I tried to grow too fast. I was stupid. And so I redid everything. But we don't lose clients often. But when we do, I know exactly why. And sometimes we fire them. Sometimes I'm going to say we've been fired once and it was more because they didn't feel like they were getting the attention that they deserved. Mm -hmm. And I actually agree with them because they were one of those clients that were, they were needy, Yeah, but they didn't want to pay to match Mm -hmm. what their neediness required. And so I I was happy to be fired by them actually. Um, the point. Yeah. And then uh, we just actually got an email today. We have another client that is going to be ramping down their business within six months. And they're not old enough to retire, Mm -hmm. but they're wealthy enough to retire. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. And they've been a good client for many years. Never complained about the bill. You know, it's one of those clients that when they call, you're, you're happy to pick up the phone. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And love uh, that. we but, have several clients like that. Absolutely. So that's, uh, that was something that I think uh, was a big takeaway from that. Big, first, I, I want to also, I want to quickly say that you were not stupid to ramp up, you know, thinking you were ramping up too quickly. I don't think business owners take enough risks and try things to see if it's the right fit for them. I don't think, I think a lot of, a lot of, And I'm summarizing here. So everybody, I'm summarizing. I know it's not everybody, but many IT professionals get into IT because they just love fixing. And then they realize, oh, I can make money off of this. So now they're making money off of it. But then they don't realize how to strategically grow and build your business. And and we actually, if you, whoever is listening here, I'm going to be at Channel Pro in in next month at their SMB forum in Dallas. And my segment, we're doing like a who wants to be a millionaire session. And it's talking about, I actually wrote the title down. Um, what are the secrets to becoming a $1 million MSP and then reaching $3 million and beyond. So we're going to do it, give you steps, strategies, what to look for to build your MSP. So I commend you, Marvin, for taking that risk and for exploring having employees, what does it look like? What does it feel like? And then and is it right for me? And if it's not at that time, then you scale back. But yeah, no, it, it wasn't was, stupid. Yeah, I think I mean, it was. Well, I just say it in the sense that I thought good times were rolling. Mm-hmm. And so we could hire. So we did. And then as things started to shift 
I got frustrated with the technicians. That was part of it. And then I found that I can do as much remote without them <laughs> as I could with them. So right. that's what I ended up doing. So, um, that there's a shift. Absolutely. Yeah. The remote support really affords us much better efficiency and productivity for sure. Yeah. So, but yeah. Sorry. But eventually you'll want more employees. You've got the subcontractors, which is great. And eventually, if you get to that point where you grow even more, you're going to have to, to give that level of service. You'll need the support. Well, so. we're there. We're there. And being able to have a tech on staff that I can send at the drop of a hat, as opposed mm-hmm. to waiting to see if a subcontractor is available. Right. And then making sure that the subcontractor does what I want them to do, not what right. they want to do. It's a big deal. Um, yeah. Having a conversation with the subcontractor about, no, my client, my call. Right. Um, so interesting stuff. So let's uh, let's kind of get uh, focused here on 2023. And talk about what are some things that you have kind of mapped out as things that MSPs should be doing to, you know, fix the image or put the best foot forward. Well, let's, I'll start talking first about my, about Secure Future Tech. Okay. And, and mapping out how we grow. So Secure Future Tech is, there's 24 of us on staff and we're a $4 million MSP. And we have, we have goals set. So one of the things that is really important for 2023, everybody, and if you haven't done it yet, is to really set some goals. Not pie-in-the-sky goals, but really look at gross revenue goals, you know, profitability goals, growing your MRR. So those three right there are key strategies that my MSP sets every year. Every year, we look to see where our growth is. And so that's number one. So that's really, and that, that's, that's year agnostic. You know, it doesn't matter what year you're in. But once, once you set those annual goals, you can then work backwards quarterly. In the simple math, divided by four, if you want, you know, if you have a gross revenue goal. But really, it's thinking about how much, how much new MRR, how do I want to grow my MRR for this year? And, and how does that look? So that's number one, because once you have those goals set, everything else, all the activities should align with achieving those goals. So if you're doing MRR, then I know you and I had a brief conversation. My degree and my forte is also marketing. And so what, what are we doing? So for us, we're honing in on a couple of areas. We have a couple of target markets that we really know well and and become, we like to call ourselves becoming these the experts, the celebrity experts in those industries. And one of them is property management. And that has really grown immensely for us for multiple reasons. One, we not only do their IT, but we also specialize in video surveillance. So we protect them physically as well as their network. And then we just signed on with a, a cloud-based product called Brevo. And Brevo does access. I don't know all, all about it, but I know we, it does. Um, I was looking at our app um, earlier today because it gives you ac- cloud-based access control. It also connects the surveillance cameras to, if they're network cameras, 
to Brevo so you can view your cameras, you can view your, you know, the, the locks and change the, pa the passwords and all of that, the passcodes to get in the door. It's pretty amazing. So that's one area that is a real growth opportunity for us. And then the other is in the legal community. And we, our first client was a lawyer. Was it, Eric needed a, an office. They needed some technology. And so they traded <laughs> 31 years ago. And that's our humble beginnings at Secure Future Tech. And, and, and since then, we love working with lawyers. And so we're going to, I know, believe it. Can you believe it? I, this, but, this yes. 70% of my revenue comes from law firms. So I, I get it. Yeah. So there you go. They, you know what? They need technology. They yep. need, they, they're billable people. How do they become billable people? How can they be productive if they don't have software to quickly enter their time to, you know, what access documents wherever they are. And so it's, it's a real win-win yep. when you think about it. So that's, that's what we have mapped out for Secure Future Tech, really honing in on two verticals, focusing on the goals we have set, the growth goals that we have set, and, and really how are we going to get there. So we're looking at trade shows already. We are already looking at sponsorships for this property management industry has different um, industry, uh, associations. So we're looking at sponsoring some of those associations and really getting ourselves in front of those industries and those people. So that's okay. That's, yeah. Let me ask this because I, it's, I promise it won't get technical, but are you doing the audio visual stuff, the video stuff as a service, or are you just putting yourself in position to manage the installation because it's going to touch your network? It's a great question. And we haven't really, done video surveillance as a service yet. And I'm surprised we haven't really done that. I, that's really a question for Eric as to how you create video surveillance as a service. We do service the cameras once we've installed them, but we're not necessarily having our clients pay us monthly. That's more billable service time. Okay. So, yeah, so it's not, that's a good question. It's a great question because I think going forward, maybe another growth opportunity is figuring out the as a service model for the cameras. And it's not even a hardware as a service either. Like we've had clients who are all in hardware as a service where they, we own the computers, the firewalls, the whole thing, and then they just pay us a monthly fee, which we technically could probably do, but you know, well, frankly speaking, we're not doing it yet. Yeah, I asked that because so I've done a few of those with a client, mm. or two clients, and we're torn with the idea. They're like, listen, why don't we just pay you so then when something goes wrong, you just do it like you do with our computers? Because, you know, when the yeah. when, when one camera goes down and I got to price out the camera and price out the cost, you know, they're right. like, well, okay. And they want to get to the point where they're like, look, we just want it to be part of the monthly. We don't want to think about it. Yeah, and you great. just fix it. So that's why I asked you that question. Yep. Um, I'll have to pick your brain later on that one. Okay. So what, what you're doing when you figure it out, let me know your model and you know how you make a profit off of it. And then, and then, yeah, we can talk. All so. Right. so, and and then you're also doing, so the access control. So you're, you're doing that as well. Mm. Yeah, that's, a, well, that's, we've been doing that for like, I think a few, three or four years now. And we started with the physical access, but now with Brevo, it's all cloud-based. It's pretty, it's pretty cool stuff. So I, you know, recommend everybody. I'm not at all getting paid for this or anything, but we're fascinated 
by what we're learning with Brevo. And it's so far has been, we always test everything in our office first. We never <clears throat> install at a client site until we know all the glitches. What And it's great because we have a, a good amount of employees that are all testing it out. We have 13 technicians. And so it's great that we can get their perspective there, you know, whether it's quirky or great to use or, oh my God, this is a terrible product. And so it's really been a great. And so, so far, knock on wood. And if it can break, techs will break it. You're right. <laughs> they know how. So yep. you're right. <laughs> All right. So goals and what's what's next? So that's really, the, that's the secure future tech side. Okay. On the sure success side, it's almost really the same. So keep expanding my target audience for sure success are two. One is you guys, the MSP community, and and why you know you guys. I know you best. I live, eat, sleep, breathe MSP. I just happen to have some very unique skills in this industry that many other people and consultants don't have. So, and that's the ability to teach image and branding and personal branding and and coach to that, being very aware of the needs of the IT community. So that's my goal there is to really grow sure success in this industry, bring on more clients, more speaking engagements. I'm redoing my website right now because it really needs to support my growth. It's not done yet. I will definitely send a link when it's done, but it'll be more focused you mean that, in the IT world and small business community. You mean so, that, that new green blazer that you've got showing up uh, isn't... Uh... It's going to be a different, yeah, different look, different look. So, yeah, but I still probably will use that picture in the webs, in the website somewhere, just not the home page. Let me just so, throw yeah. that up there. That's <laughs> it there, folks. And let me yeah. throw the site up there just so that you have it there. Shoresuccess.com. Shore yeah. spelled with two R's. My calendar link is right there, everybody. If you want to book a meeting, have a chat with me about image and branding for your MSP, let me know. <laughs> All right. So, okay, so those are the big things there. Let me go back and ask you this, because when we talked last, you had brought up the fact that you guys had to re-image your company. So back when you were PC troubleshooters, back when you lost a pretty hefty client, um, we talked about that a little bit, but I wanted to kind of dig your brain into what was that process really like to re-image, because it wasn't just the name change. It wasn't just the, you know, the transition from break fix to managed services. What were some of the key things that you can, you know, publicly tell us mm -hmm. <laughs> that you guys yeah. did to re-image? I don't have a problem sharing quite a bit because if, if, if it helps other MSPs grow, evolve and become stronger, that's my mission in life. It really, it's, it's really, my mission is to create a paradigm shift from thinking that, tech skills are all we need to grow our IT businesses to really knowing it's those interpersonal skills, those people skills, soft skills are really essential too. So I don't mind sharing. Let me quickly share before. So to start that we were PC troubleshooters. One ex client called us PC troublemakers <laughs> at one point. And then another client fired us. Because he said, every time I call you, you act as if you have no idea who I am. 
So it had nothing to do with wonderfully certified technicians that they all were because it's a requirement in my IT company that, you know, keep up certifications and all of that. But it had everything to do with our communication and our lack of. And so we were also one, a third thing that really prompted the name change is we would work trade shows and our name PC troubleshooters. And at the time we were actually early adopters of cloud solutions and managed services. And we've been doing that for a long, but nobody knew it because our name didn't reflect it. Oh, I thought you just fixed PCs. Oh, we actually can manage your network. We can monitor, look at, you know, the health of your hard drive, firewall, what have you. You can. But I already called that IT company because I thought you guys just fixed PCs. So we were throwing money out the window, thousands of dollars. And I don't know, can anybody relate to that? Put it in the comments. Can you relate to that? <laughs> Are you experiencing that now? So we needed to make a change. So here's the steps. Can I give, do you mind if yeah, I just sure. share the steps I took? Yep, go right ahead. Number one is we started with our name change. We did start there. And I brought in, I did a focus group and I brought in clients. I brought in a coach like myself because I was too emotionally involved. I was part of the process but I needed somebody else outside of the organization to lead it because Eric and I, my husband, Eric and I were way too emotionally charged about it. Yes. And, and Eric more so than me, I married the business. So I've been around 24 years, but Eric is the founder. So he was very attached to the name and to, to how we've always done it. And so we needed to bring in an outside person to really help and facilitate, to keep to keep it on the, the cool, so so to speak. And then we brought in key clients and we asked, tell me what you think about us. When you think PC troubleshooters and you think of our service, what do you think of? And we had post-it notes all over our glass windows, all literally all over our glass windows. And after a few sessions, we brought in all of our engine, our entire team. So we did one session with clients, one session with our team because our team needed to have buy-in also. And we really value what our team had to say. So through about a month-long process, we came up with Secure Future Tech Solutions because overarching, almost every single client we asked said security, that you secure us. Someone happened to say, oh, you know, you, you, you're securing us for the future. And we, I wrote down future. I'm like, oh, that's a good one. And, and we, you know, but we give to technology solutions. So through narrowing down, narrowing down, so that was number one. Then we went from there. I looked at our team. I physically looked at our team. And I said, we don't look uniform. We're going on site. We're wearing street sneakers. We're wearing pants that are frayed. Not everyone was wearing a logo. We had some logo shirts, but it wasn't mandatory. So we had discussions. I had several discussions with the team as a group on our new uniforms, blue shirts. We had blue shirts, Navy shirts with the logo on it. We had fleece jackets made up. We have baseball hats now made up. So there's the uniform. And everybody knows every day, except for one day in the month, that last Friday of the month, they can wear jeans. Other than that, it's khaki pants or whatever, black pants, cocky pants, whatever, unless you're climbing on a ladder doing a camera. So then I really started honing in our communication. 
and talking to the team about how we're all leaders. Everybody in the company really should view themselves as a leader, but it starts from the founder. It starts from, it started from Eric and myself. How did we view? What was our behavior? Because the behavior is going to be duplicated by your team. It's going to be mirrored. And if Eric and I weren't thinking about how we were presenting, or not, for me, I've always presented myself this way. I mean, there's pictures of me in sixth grade with matching outfits. So it was a no brainer that I was going to dress up. But, you know, but really thinking about what was Eric wearing? How was Eric presenting himself? And then we had a couple of other key members of our team who we also started to say, okay, you are a leader here. This is how you need to dress now. And, and because, and, and, and how we meet together and communicate. We have discussions about difficult conversations, tone of voice. So we took a while. I mean, it wasn't, this is not an overnight thing. And truthfully, everybody, to this day, I still do staff meetings and we still do trainings. I still do phone skills trainings. We talk about the, the power of a script and really understanding how to handle phone calls that come in and that you need to vary your voice can't just be happy all the time. Or when I work with a lot of MSPs, they, almost every single company has said to me, I'm just grabbing the phone because I'm so busy or I'm in the middle of a project and that phone rings, I'm just going to grab it and be quick. So they say IT department or what? they don't take stock. <clears throat> That's not going to set the tone and that's, you already have a client or a prospect who has a problem, who has an issue. It's our job to soften that, to make them feel heard and understood. Remember, there's that word feeling again. Right. So it's so critical. And we weren't making ourselves culturally feel good about each other, nor were we making clients feel good. So we had to do a complete shift and it took time. So I hope people took nuggets away from that. And thought about, you know, taking stock of your own MSP. What does it look like? What does it sound like? How are you making clients feel? And you mentioned surveys. That's one of the ways that we are able to really discern our clients happy or not. So that's one of our methods to make sure that we're consistent. And it's wonderful having surveys because now when we don't get all fives, on our survey, which are the best scores for us, then we're able to ask the, and you know ask questions. If it may be a four on one thing, or if I'm seeing consistent fours, we were seeing consistent fours on our surveys on our response time question. And so then I was able to listen to some calls and I was listening and hearing that we weren't actually setting any expectations of when the client was going to get a call back. So if a call comes in, we create the ticket. We have so we have over 130 clients. I mean, it, it can't, we have to set expectations. We're definitely gonna get to them, but we decided we would say within an hour. We'll call you back, we'll have an engineer call you back within an hour. And now at least we were setting expectations. Oftentimes clients create in their own mind what the expectation is. Yeah. Right. And they want it now. <laughs> they want it. My computer's down. I need this file. I can't figure this out. I want now. But most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, if we set expectations, then they're, then they, and we honor it and we live up to it, 
then usually they're pretty happy with the service they're receiving. And we did see those fours change to fives. And I was very happy to see that. All right. So it sounds like you guys have a whole set of KPIs that you you manage and -hmm. all of that. So that's good. It's also good when the clients are empathetic back. And when you're open and honest with them about stuff. Um, So I had a a new client that was going to be a co-manage situation. Mm-hmm. And we were working with the tech and basically it was just a few hours a month. He would call us when he needed us. We resold them 365 licenses. He died. Oh, sorry. Suddenly. And it wasn't, you know, wasn't expected. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, an accident or murder or anything like that, but it was, um, he got sick, never came mm-hmm. out of the hospital. And oh. so we had to do a lot of adjusting with that customer. And it was right before the holidays. And I remember we had a couple of projects that were coming up and I have a subcontractor that's close to them that we were able to do some coverage and all of that. But I forget what happened, but I think the day that I found out mm-hmm. was the day that they like needed me to get over there right away. And we had an appointment and I had to have Kim call them and say, Marvin can't come today. It wasn't a major project, but it was like, does does he need to be there? He can come later, you know, that sort of thing. And she told him what happened. And so I was at the client last week. And, yeah. I, you know, I'm just head down, getting stuff done. And the owner of the business came over to me and said, hey, how's that client that, you know, that person died? How are you guys doing with them? And it was like, it was odd because this owner doesn't really talk to me <laughs> when I'm there. But the fact that he came over to me and asked, Hey, how are you doing? How's, how's it going? How are you doing? Yeah. yeah. And how's the other client doing it? Most clients don't care about other clients. That's beautiful. That shows so, that that leader is a, is, has empathy. And I would venture yeah. to say he probably treats his team the same way as well. Well, it was funny because I mean, I didn't really want to say too much of this, but you know, we were talking and he goes, look, I just wanted you to know, we know we pay attention. He goes, we love what you do for us. You always take care of us. And I just want to make sure that, you know, you know, you're okay. And that, you know, we're okay. It was, it was a weird conversation, but it was a good conversation. It was right. one of those just out of the blue. Um, Maybe he was thinking that you were going to go work for that other <laughs> company because now their IT person is, no longer. No, I don't think and it was that. Gonna have to, and then it is this guy going to have your the guy you were chatting with going to have to make a change. So maybe he was kind of like feeling out the territory to see. No, we've we've had those conversations. That that wasn't the case. And he knows I've I've got coverage, and he knows that um, you know I've had text to cover, and we'll be hiring full time. And he he knows all that, so he knows they're not going anywhere for a while. They're a good client. That's good. Good. It's a good, good. conversation. That is, you know, empathy is key. It's yeah. really important to be able to have relationships. Now, do you, in your talks, speeches, coaching, all of that, how much of your customer experiences do you share or are you allowed to share? Like, I'm sure you've got to hear and see all of the other MSPs in their, you know, dirty laundry per se. 
do you ever yeah. get to do you ever get to use any of them as examples and you know talk about how you changed an MSP or how an MSP you know redid their image and stuff like that? I I just don't share names. Okay, that's fine. So, yeah, I just don't share names. I yes, I mean that's what really sells and that's what really that's what makes us relatable is when we are able to share client or local business stories that align with them and who they are. Um, And I have had clients that I've worked with who rebranded, changed their name and have for the better because their name originally was a pet name. They had a dog and it was a cute little name, but it really didn't reflect who they were. So we, I did for them what my outside consultant did with me to help change their name and evolve. And so I did that. And and now it's understandable who they are, that they are an IT company. A lot of people pick out names for their businesses, for example, because they're, they love their pet or they love, you know, or they're local or something. And that's fine. But if it doesn't, you know, take it from my example, PC troubleshooters was great in the beginning. It was great. But then when cloud-based everything happened, PC troubleshooters outdated itself. So right. at some point we had to, so that's a client that I had, I worked with that for sure needed the support there. I've worked with clients who have lost client, have lost their own clients because of phone skills and needed to really create scripts and have some coaching on what their voice needs to sound like using the scripts, how to handle a hot lead. And so there have been several, several clients hire me because they have lost clients. And that's really the, probably the the biggest reason I get hired. All right. I just wanted to ask that, but I didn't want to, you know, call anybody out and have you. I'll never share names. You know, I'll never share. If I share a story, it's not a name, but I can certainly share the essence of the story. Absolutely. All right. You've not had anybody with a monkey change their name, have you? No. With a monkey, <laughs> owning a monkey, or the monkey in their name? Because I know monkey is a huge password that people use. Monkey's but, a password? Oh, my God. We see so many clients with the word monkey as their password. Wow. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't know. Sounds I don't know goofy. why, but yes. All right. Lisa Shore. Short success and secure future tech. 20, how many years? 24? 24. I've been in the, I've been in the IT world for 24 years, but secure future tech this year, 31 years, (laughs) 31. Amazing. Amazing. Ah, and looky here, a comment from the chat. You can relate Diana. Yay. (laughs) And uh, I'm so glad. Yep. And uh, changing the company name from an animal. Diana, we need to toast to our water cups or coffee or something. I toast you. (laughs) All right. Well, it's that time of the show. Are you ready? I'm going to come up with a little jingle for Florida Man. Oh, yes. And, uh, this is the Florida Man Challenge. Do you want to challenge Florida Man, or would you rather answer a random question? I'll challenge your Florida Man. All right. I don't know if it's going to be as interesting, but relatable to IT people. How about that? 
Oh, oh that might be Let's better. That might be better. All right. So I have two stories. Ooh. One and two. Yeah. And I'll let you choose number one or number two. All right. Pick a number. Two. Two. The number two story is man swiped nearly 200 pairs of panties from <laughs> Dolphin Mall Victoria's Secret. In Sweetwater, Florida, 48-year-old man was accused of being a serial panty thief. <laughs> According to the re- arrest report, Carlos Angel Ramirez Rodriguez <laughs> stole thousands of dollars worth of merchandise from Victoria's Secret stores at the Dolphin Mall in Sweetwater and the International Mall in Doral. These are both South Florida cities. Okay. Uh, these thefts reportedly date back to March of 2022 and continued until his arrest last week. So he, uh, in one instance, he removed 197 pair of Victoria's Secret panties and one Victoria's Secret's fragrance. Can't make this stuff up, Marvin. Can't make this stuff up. Gotta smell good. Hmm. I don't, I don't even know what to say about that. (laughs) And just so that people know the title of the other story Florida man beats another man with bricks for not sharing crack pipe. I'm glad I picked two and not one. <laughs> okay. I'm glad I picked. I, I know maybe I'm not glad I picked two and not. I don't even know. <laughs> All right. Or, what's uh, what's your what's your Florida man challenge story? Well, my Florida man challenge is very small law firm in Rhode Island. Although has two different IT providers, one IT provider provides regular IT services, but he's a small shop. So our company provides just firewall services to this particular law firm. And so he already invests in cybersecurity solutions. However, he got the pop-up window. And the pop-up window said, you are infected. Call this number. So instead of calling one of two IT providers, that this lawyer knows and is already paying for cyber services and security services, call the number. Call the number and 20 minutes into the conversation realized, I think I should have called my IT provider. (laughs) That's my story and stick into it. Wow. Let them in, let the hacker into the network. I don't really know the end end result. I probably should have found that out for this, but. I was going to ask, did he the most allow important pieces? He got in. I was going to say, did and he allow remote access? Allowed remote access, did the whole process, allowed the hacker in, allowed him in. Hmm. After all, I, hiring and, and really and putting security in place, still clicked on the pop up window that said, Your computer's infected. Call me. Call me. I'm going to have to have your husband on to ask some technical questions because right now I'm thinking, So most of our clients, we have actually started to block all of the remote access programs. And today, one of them had to call me because they were doing a remote support with their line of business application. Mm -hmm. And they were trying to use, um, which one were they trying to use? 
I forget which one it was, but we ended up opening up TeamViewer because we actually blocked all of that at the firewall now so that only our software and then they have one product that we allow in and all of the others, the log me ins, the team viewer, go to my PC, all of, we block them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so that somebody can't say, Hey, go here and log in. Right. And not make the mistake. So I tell you, I, I don't know what other, what the other it, we just do firewall service for this company, for this law firm. The other company does the rest of their security and uh, I'm sure Eric will have an answer to this question, but I don't know. All I know is you just, after all of that, you're still clicking and you're still calling. <laughs> you're calling the number. You have no idea the number. You have no idea the person. Call your IT provider. Yeah. So I just thought maybe I would make other people feel better knowing that our clients too, no matter how much training we do, we do webinars, we train, we they still click. Of course. So, and and Eric, you, should, you can definitely have Eric on one day. So for sure. All right. We'll do I'll it. have to give him a call. So, all right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of the IT Business Podcast. Folks, if you have not listened to the show before, this is your first time, head over to itbusinesspodcast.com. That is where all of the past shows are there, both audio and visual, that you can always see. We, stri- we try to stream every Wednesday here on YouTube and the Facebook. Sometimes we'll be on Twitch. Sometimes we'll be on LinkedIn. It depends on what the topic is, but uh, always come and enjoy a live show when you can. Last week we had on Akarsh Vinod and we talked about his Indiegogo campaign where he created and built these wireless speakers that are truly multi-room And I did buy three of them. We talked about that last week. So if you not heard that show or watched the video, go back. That's episode 465, Merry New Year, the first of the show, uh, the first of the year. Next week, I'm going to have a brand new guest on for the first time. We're going to have a lot of those this year. I have on Mike Mosier with Cinch IT. They are a national well, I can say that. I hope they're national because I just made it. They're big. They're big. Uh, they are a very large uh, MSP called Cinch IT. So that is going to be next week's show. I did mention a couple of other stuff. Bradley Gross is going to be on later this month. Jay McBain is going to be on later this month. We are starting out this year with a bang. So that's going to do it, folks, for this show. Lisa, Thank you very much for coming on. Wasn't Thank so bad, was so it? Thank you so much for having me. I loved it. Thank you for the conversation. And hey, everybody out there. Thank you. Happy, right. healthy new year. Happy new year to everybody. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. But until then, holla.